Shalom Abraham Raptus Mesechis Nedarim Daf Noon. Today's Daf is a famous Daf. I got it to the story of Rabbi Akiva and his wife. Uh, before that, we mentioned review who does uh, cloak that he shared with his wife and his poverty. Uh, we discussed the six ways that Rabbi Akiva became wealthy. We discussed uh, the concept of beauty regarding Talmidei Chachamim. And then we jump back to our Mishnah. We, we uh, explain what a Beitzah Tormito is and how it's used for diagnosing illnesses and a thousand recipes for Lifdi. We begin uh, with a story that Rabbi Huda's wife um, got a hold of some wool and she made a cloak which Rabbi Huda would wear, uh, which she would wear out to the shuk, and Rabbi Huda would wear the shul. Whenever he put it on, he made a bracha of Baruch She'otani Me'il. Now, once Rabbi Shimon Gamliel made a gezerah that uh, they should have a tainus and everyone should come and daven, and Rabbi Huda didn't come to daven, he explained that he doesn't have anything to wear. So they sent him some clothing. But uh, when the shtech came with this clothing for Yehuda to wear, he refused it. He picked up a mat in his house and uh, there was a nace that there was a treasure of golden coins under there. And he told the shtech, look, it's not that I can't get a hold of money. If the Rebbe wants me to have money, I'm not trying to offend anybody who's trying to send me a gift. The Rebbe sends me gifts and I don't accept it. I don't want to get enough from this world. Uh, now, speaking of a Atana, in an impoverished state, Rabbi Akiva married the daughter of Kabo Sevua. And um, at that point, he was, a, he was an Amaaretz, and Kabo Sevua was a Tamachachim, and no interest in, ha- in, in his daughter marrying an Amaaretz. But, uh, so when he heard, he, he was Menader, he, made a, a, he vowed off any Hana from his daughter and now son-in-law. They got married any, anyways, and they lived in such dire poverty in the winter, they would uh, sleep on, on straw, and uh, they would pick the straw out from each other's hair. And she, she would from her, from him, or he would from her, or he, he, would, he would pick it out of his own hair. It's Bachlikas for showing him. A tremendously romantic story. And uh, if Yehuda, Rebbe Kiva told his wife, you know, if, 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 if I had the money, I would buy you a, a golden Yerushalayim. It was a, a piece of jewelry that was very fancy. This was before the Chorban uh, Bayis, before they were gazing out to make these. Now, as they were in this impoverished state, Eliyahu Novi came knocked on the door, clothed, clothed disguised as a, as a person, and he asked, he said, maybe you could spear a little straw. My wife just gave birth and we have nothing to warm with. We don't even have straw. And Rabbi Akiva was able to use Eliyonavi's state to be grateful for what they do have. He's like, look, there are people who don't even have straw. The Rebbitson said, you know, go, go, go learn Tyra. It seems like it was a response to this anecdote. Rabbi Akiva went for 12 years to go learn by Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua. At the end of 12 years, he came back home and he heard from behind the house that there was this Russia who was telling his wife, you know, your father did good by swearing you off, cutting you off financially. First of all, Rabbi Akiva has nothing to do with your family. You come from a family of Tamid Chachamim, wealthy people. Rabbi Akiva was a, a poor, ignorant shepherd. And second of all, Rebekiva just ran off and left you here as an almana for 12 years, all these years. And his wife looked back at this Russia and said, listen closely here. I would get, I, if it was up to me, he should go learn for another 12 years. Rebekiva heard this and he said, look, she gave me her shoes to go for another 12 years. He turned around and went back to go learn again, another 12 years. Famous of Chaim Shmolevitz that he didn't even go inside because that would be mafsik the 24 years and there's nothing 
compared to 24 years, even 12 years and 12 years, is not the same as 24 Birvitsufas. After 24 years, he came back with 24,000 Chavrusas, sets of Talmidim. Everyone came out to greet him. That's this, this tremendous Godlord, Rabbi Akiva. Now this Russia came to Rebetzin Akiva and said, hey, where are you going? You're disheveled. You're not mechubedig to go in front of the gadol. And she said, you know, the Pasuk says, He's not going to judge me by my appearances. He knows. Tzadikim lift up those who are downtrodden. Now when she showed up, you know, the Gabayim started pushing her away. Rabbi Akiva said, no, 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 leave her alone. Everything that's mine and yours is actually hers. When Kabbalah Savua heard, he ran to Rabbi Akiva, who was Mater, his neder, and, and he gave immediately Rabbi Akiva half of his entire wealth. And that's just one of the six ways that Rabbi Akiva became wealthy. Masha explains that uh, we, we now elaborate on where Rabbi Akiva got his wealth from, because don't think that it came from his yeshiva, from, you know, 24,000 tuition bills. He paid for the entire yeshiva himself. The sixth place is where Rabbi Akiva became wealthy was, number one, from Kabbalah his father-in-law. Number two was from this statue of a boat that uh, blew off, and it turns out everyone on the boat had stashed all their wealth in that statue, and Rabbi Akiva was the one that found it. The third place was from this box uh, because Rebekah gave four zuz to these sailors and said, you know, go buy me something nice. But all they, they could find was this box that washed up on sea. So they brought it to him and said, look, we'll go try to find you something that's worth a little more for your four zuz. But for now, take this. And uh, it turns out that this box was full of dinarim. Some boat had uh, sunk. As it was sinking, everyone, everyone put all their stuff in this box, all their wealth in this box. And it all washed up on t- onto the shore where the sailors gave it to Rabbi Akiva. The fourth was from the Matrunisa. Here the, the Ram brings down that Rabbi Akiva and his Talmudim needed money at one point. And they went to this noble woman and she lent him money with a certain amount of time until he can pay it back. When the time came, Rabbi Akiva was sick and he wasn't able to pay back. So this Matrunisa went to the, the sea who was designated as the guarantor for this loan and said, you know, Said Rabbanishalalam, you know, there be Akiva second can't pay it back. Hakadish Baruchu, you and the sea were the guarantors on this loan. It's your turn to pay it back. At that moment, the daughter of the Caesar lost her mind and she took an entire chest of precious stones and golden coins. She threw it into the sea and it washed right up to the Matronisa, who was sitting on the beach. She took it all and took whatever Rabbi Akiva owed her and gave Rabbi Akiva the change. So that was, an, that was the fourth way that Rabbi Akiva became incredibly wealthy. The fifth was from the wife of Tornus Rufus, who tried seducing Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva laughed, cried, and spat. He explained to her that he was crying because one day such beauty will be decaying in the ground. He spat because this beauty came from Atipas Rucha, he didn't tell her why he was laughing, but it was because she was going to do tshuva bimigayeres and marry Rabbi Akiva, which in fact happened, and in that marriage she brought a lot of wealth into the family. The sixth way he got, became wealthy was from Katia Bar Shalom. He was one that told the Caesar against all the other 
advisors not to kill the Jews that wouldn't help the Jews aren't killable. And while he was right, he was still imprisoned for besting the Caesar. And uh, when he was imprisoned, someone inspired him. He said, look, you're going to die anyways. I'll shame Shemai. Might as well do it as he is. So he gave himself a mila, a bris. And before he died, he, he said, I want to give half my wealth to Rabbi Akiva and half, the, half my wealth to the Chachamim. So Rabbi Akiva became very wealthy from getting his estate. Next, the Gemara brings down a story of Rav Gamda who gave four Zuzim to these sailors to buy him something nice. They couldn't find anything except for this box. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they found him a monkey. Rabbi Akiva, they found the box. They gave him this monkey. So he's like, all right, I got a monkey for four Zuz. The monkey started running away and they chased after it and they started uh, furrowing in the ground wherever the monkey went. And it turns out that the monkey was sitting on a hidden treasure. So uh, Rav Gamda became incredibly wealthy from that find, from this monkey treasure hunt. Now, the daughter of the Caesar told her Yeshub and Hananya, he said, look, you are a container for a splendid Tyra, and yet it's in such a decrepit container, she was calling him ugly. Servia Yeshua retorted, he said, look, at your father's house. They, the Caesar, puts all of his fancy wine in what? In klicheres, in pottery. It's like, everyone puts it in pottery, you guys should put it into something fancier. You need a fancy clee. So she went and she put it all into silver and gold, and all the wine spoiled. He said, so too, Tyra is best contained in a humble container. Ah, there's some Tamid Chachamim that are beautiful. He's, he, so he told her that uh, there would be even greater Tamid Chachamim if they weren't, weren't so beautiful, they, or uh, the way Titus explains it in Titus, if they wouldn't value their beauty, if they don't hold that as a priority, then they can become tremendous Tamid Chachamim. Someone came to her view, Huda and Ardoi, for a din, and this woman was chayev. She uh, lost the case. So she, she turned to Rabbi Yehuda and said, would your Rabbi Shmuel pass in this way? Rabbi Yehuda says, wait, you know my Rabbi Shmuel? She says, sure. And he de- she describes him terribly. She says he was very short. He had a big stomach. He, was, he, was very, he had a dark complexion and giant teeth. Rabbi Yehuda says, well, did you just come here to, embar- to be mevazim my Rabbi? He put her in Cherem, and immediately she killed over and died. Tried that up for another Gadol murder story. Now, back in our Mishnah, we said that a Beitzah Tormita is a mutter for someone who made a nether against food. So what is this Beitzah Tormita? So Frishmal says, anyone who can make this, it's valued at a thousand dinar. How do you do it? You have to cook it a thousand times in boiling water, another thousand times in cold water, until it shrinks so much, until it's this little capsule that the individual swallows. And if there's any disease in his system, uh, you can spot it on its way out. And then you know how to heal him. Shmuel did not, uh, either he didn't know or he didn't have one of these baits of termita. And the medical process that he did to look for diagnoses was so uh, painful, so hard to watch that the, the people in his house were, were pulling their hair out. Now, we learn in the Mishnah that if someone is uh, working in someone else's field, if he is working on the Klusin patch in that field, he's not allowed to munch on the B'nai Sheva. If he's working on the B'nai Sheva, he's not allowed to eat from the Klusin. What are Klusin? The Gemara says it's a type of a fig that they make lifti from. It was an individual who hired his friend 
to teach him a thousand recipes of, for lifty. He taught him 800 of them. So the guy who hired him took him to Din. He brought him to Rebbe and said, hey, yeah, he was supposed to teach me a thousand. Rebbe said, oh my goodness, he taught you 800? He was astounded that this individual was able to get 800 different flavors from, from the lifty, which essentially was posketing that, look, 800 is just as good as a thousand. Rebbe made this wedding for Reb Shimon, his son, but he didn't invite Barkapara. Because I'll explain that Barkapara was a badchen and Rebbe Akiva didn't want to experience the Ozimali's the Pino. He didn't want to be too overjoyed in this galos. Now, for this wedding, he paid 24,000, 10,000s of dinar. And Barkapara wasn't invited, said, Wow, Rebbe Akiva is, is, has so much. In this world, even though he's being over on, on Ratzon Hashem by not inviting me, imagine for the people who do the Ratzon Hashem, how much schar they're going to get. Then Rabbi Akiva actually did invite him, and Bar Kapara exclaimed, Wow, for people who do the Ratzon of Hashem, see what he gets in Oilam Hazeh. Allah has come of a kama, how much schar those who are going to get in Oilam Hapo. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.